say I'm disturbed. From city to city, an incredible hysterical panic spread. I think we're getting into a weird area here. Will you tell these fools I'm not crazy? This hysteria. You can't handle the truth. Brain is gone. This is Hysteria 51. The truth is out there. It's a lie. But you won't find it here. They're coming for you. Look, there comes one of them now. Welcome in, Hysteria Nation, to the podcast that's days are running together so bad, we're even doing repeat episodes. This is Hysteria 51. I've never seen you lazy. It's a good look on you. Technically, it isn't a repeat episode, but a sequel, John. Yeah. And that underwear you're wearing is recycled. I, I'm fucking going to recycle him in about five seconds. I think I'm about that close. <laughs> all, right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Break it up, break it up. It's been a long uh, pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> for, for everyone involved. I don't know if anyone this. else is feeling that way. It might just be me. <laughs> no, no, it's definitely just you. No one else. They're literally inventing terms at this point. Like, what do they call it? Like, pandemic fatigue? Yeah. Yeah, no, no one's tired of it. Um, but... We are all still doing the right stuff and social distancing and wearing our masks. So go us. It's all fake BS. You should go lick stuff in public. <laughs> well, hashtag, I mean, technically. Hashtag no pandemic. <laughs> for him, it is, right? Right. He is the ultimate. He is the ultimate 20 something like spreader, right? <laughs> like he could go and get the disease on his various surfaces and go give it to other people and have zero. It would have zero effect on him and he would have zero care in the world for who he infected that's just because so many people want to lick my various surfaces <laughs> yeah that's exactly that's, what's happening uh-huh. yeah, <clears throat> yeah yeah anyway we are broadcasting from the lower fourth dimension otherwise known as chicago i am your host john goforth and that other voice you heard is my co-host and the man who literally built a robot just to annoy him Mr. Brent Hand. do you remember that scene in terminator 2 where the t-800 is lowered into the molten steel well my dream in life right now is going to be recreating that with Seabot as the robot and me as Edward Furlong, except I'm not crying. Tears of sadness, they're joy just leaking from my body. <laughs> you're, you're not you're not blubbering like, oh, no, robot. Like, woo-hoo! While nuzzled into Goforth's chest, I bet. Don't bring me uh-huh. into this asshole. Uh-huh. I'll rip that toaster right off its springs without a second thought. Please back away from the cheese muffins and you won't be harmed. 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 Armed alert, alert, alert. I, I'm not even in the same room. That's just my Secret Service detail taking care of my light work. Why would you have Secret Service detail and also, that isn't, that's just Kyle in a tuxedo t-shirt and sunglasses from the gas station, which I've been actually seeing and thought would be an awesome outfit for him, so yay for you. <laughs> but go fuck yourself, that's not Secret Service, and they don't wear tuxedos either. <laughs> well... I told you last time I'm running for president. All of the candidates get a secret service detail. Charlie Victor Niner. The eagle is secure. Secure. I repeat, the eagle has cheese muffins. I'm not saying they gave me the highest price detail, but that's okay. When I do win, their heads will roll as well. So, Seabot, what leads you to think anyone will be writing you in, much less uh, a majority of said country writing you into their ballots? I've done my own polling, and it turns out the country loves me. Oh, yeah. And where did you do this polling? What was your methodology? I set up shop on that street corner by the comic store you always go to. And my methodology was pretty simple. I offered something from your Green Lantern collection to every person that walked by. Everyone was very amenable. Well, you did what? <laughs> now, before you get your panties in a bunch, 
I do want to share the good news. When I win, I've decided not to kill you with the rest of the herd. <laughs> I am so glad I dropped them back off this weekend. <laughs> Don't worry, John. Some of the passerbyers weren't big Green Lantern fans, so I used your PS4 donations in that case. Who knew there were so many video game fans? Now, now you listen to me, you poor excuse for an Amiga. I'm going to drive over there and see how many volts we can put through a toaster before it melts. Charlie Victor. Melted toaster. Cheese muffins. Sounds like fun. Good help is so hard to find. I can't. I cannot wait for this election to be over. Oh, for so many reasons. And most of ours, like, don't even... What we're talking about here doesn't even reach into the pantheon of, like, what's actually happening in the real world. This is the real world, you mewling quim. <laughs> He's been watching too many Loki movies, but anyway, I don't even on. know what is Muling Quim. All right, yeah, you you have been wa- you you yeah. Mm. But speaking of, I can't wait to get things over with. I can't wait to get this motherfucker out of here. We got a guest. No, I'm joking. <laughs> we do have a returning guest to the lower fourth dimension. The mad scientist himself. Mr. Chris Cogswell, non-MD, but PhD. You can call him doctor if you're nasty. Welcome back to Hysteria 51, sir. Thank you, guys. Oh, my goodness. I am nasty, so <laughs> call me whatever you want. Non-MD. I just had to throw that out there because, you know, for fun. But you know what? You can practice medicine in your own time. It's just more of a hobby. Wait me. a second. I am going to... Definitely take this IV drip out right now. <laughs> <laughs> so what's going on? What's new in the world of the Mad Scientist podcast? And what you got going on? Anything great? Oh, man. We're um, for Halloween this year. We are actually releasing a buttload of episodes. So normally we try to make Halloween extra special this year with the quarantine and, and everything else. Um, it's been a bit harder than normal for us to get episodes out because yeah. um because the world is a flame, gentlemen. So, uh, anyways, the plague lands are, are hard to traverse this time of it's year. It's truly horrible out there. So, we're releasing the finale to our series on um, the mummy, King Tut, and his curse, and yeah. then um, an episode on actually my greatest fear, doppelgangers. You heard it here first on oh. this show. Yeah, dude, it's just a terrifying thing. Normally, I would reverse it, like I'd be Rent Brand, but you just be Chris Cogswell, your doppelganger. <laughs> Yours just works, you know. So you when you really say doppelganger, you're obviously talking about the series of episodes of Lois and Clark, where <laughs> there was a bad CGI Dean Kane, right? Uh, oh yeah. Actually, I don't know if it was CGI or bad makeup, but one of the two um, that was uh, Bizarro. Um, that's what you're talking about, right? Right, right. Well, no, we're talking about the weird universe where there is a conspiracy about with a goatee, but somehow that's the good one. <laughs> that's how that works. I fucking hate that sellout. Oh, that's oh just, my god! That's so just funny. how it was. Like they did it on South Park, and everyone was evil, and the Cartman from the other universe was good. <laughs> uh, I, I don't think you're far off the mark, Brent. I yeah. just don't. Well, we're not talking about doppelgangers this week. We are revisiting, like we said, the the Cash Landrum incident, and we want to have some guests. I think last week, if you heard, this is kind of cool. We were going to have Rob Christopherson on. Rob actually won tickets to a meet and greet with John Bon Jovi, and not a lot of people know this. He has a full Bon Jovi slippery when wet back tattoo, 
he's having the entire band sign his back in permanent marker. Then they're going to a tattoo place and they're going to tattoo the signatures on. So I, I, I said, that makes sense. You got to buy this week. You don't have to worry about it. Wait, is this one of those things where you're making a joke and I have no idea what you're talking about? I don't. I was going to say, I can't tell if he's being serious. Huge. No, he's, he's, he's a Jovi head or whatever the fuck they call themselves. I still don't know if you're joking. Anyway, so we are not. He's not here. We got Chris. <laughs> we're doing a big uh, talk. We're, we're we're breaking down the Cash Landrum incident. And I'm going to revisit it, the short and sweet version. Uh, hopefully, you guys, of course, listened last week, and we we told you the story. We're not. Gonna I didn't. Revisit <laughs> a lot of my, exactly. We're not going to go over everything again, but real quick. One evening outside of Huffman, Texas, a huge diamond-shaped object hovered over the road in close proximity to a car. The pussy patroller carrying Betty Cash, Vicky Landrum, and seven-year-old Colby Landrum, the grandson of Vicky. As the object hovered, the car heated to an uncomfortable warm temperature, causing them to get out at first. And they stood gazing, you know, mouth agape at what they were seeing. And it seems they were subjected, they say, to life-threatening doses of radiation emitting from the craft. And they also witnessed a large number of military helicopters either pursuing or escorting the object as it left the area. And then hilarity ensued for the rest of their lives. The end. That's kind of what we told you last week. Um, and we're going to break down a lot of these things. And Chris, I had sent out to you and you're like, yes. When did you first uh, know of this case or when did I, I, I reason I say that is I saw it on Unsolved Mysteries way back in the day and I loved it, you know, and I just wondered where it like, you know, fell into your lap, so to speak. And Chris, follow up question. When did you start cheering on cancer? <laughs> <laughs> Pro cancer, the mad scientist podcast. You heard here first. Um, strong, strong statement. Strong, strong pro cancer statement. We so I actually. Remember, I heard it. I actually read about this story, like most of the paranormal world stories that I've heard about, in Mysteries of the Unexplained by Reader's Digest, a uh, large compendium book that um, just goes over all of the weird world. Really, we should just call my podcast Mysteries of the Unexplained (laughs) and just read straight from that book because it's like the source of all of my inspiration. TM. Yeah, (laughs) TM. Um, Reader's Digest is going to send their very polite. Lawyers after me. Um, <laughs> anyway, so that was the first time that I heard about this story. And I, I want to say I also read a book about it later on because, you know, as a kid, you're this story is fascinating on the on its face because it starts off with. It, the, the byline is this is the only UFO case to have actual physical evidence. You know, allegedly or, or allegedly, or, allegedly. But no matter what there. Yeah, there is a lot going on in this story. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's really interesting to have. Um, Wait a second. Expi- oh, hold on. Hold on. I I was halfway awake for for at least half an episode of this. Why is this the one that has physical evidence? And the others aren't in other up to this point. Right. So this case happened in 1980. Up to this point, all of the other. UFO cases, really, there haven't, there have been some that have been really good, considered to be good UFO cases up to this point. However, um, this case had physical manifestations and injury on the people who experienced it. 
Okay, so this, the, 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 the things on the people. Well, that, we have a car that they were able to test. We have a roadway that they were able to test. We have multiple Well, witnesses. I'm just thinking about Barney Hill's herpes. Space herpes, get that right. But, you know, but like, there, yeah, and the dress and things like that. It is a little bit different. I guess the other thing I'll say, too, is that this is the first, let's say this is the first quote-unquote modern case. Right. This was a case that was investigated by QFOS. This was a case that had relatively prominent people at the time and then even more more relevant today mm-hmm. or more uh, more out there today now for their work on this. case. Colby is being interviewed by TTSA earlier this year. You know, it's still the case that keeps on giving kind of thing. Exactly. So it's it's one of those cases that just kind of stuck around and it really became part of, I think, too the lexicon of ufo lore whether or not you think it deserves to be there um right it's become such it's become such an important case like this one the betty and barney hill case there's others of its same ilk that are there that have just become like the canon of ufo right i mean and you can make the argument okay well roswell maybe there was maybe there wasn't the brie and things like that but this is one that really even more than betty and barney hill caught the eye of the nation so to speak and it was covered on unsolved mysteries twice and it was covered on other shows and we're going to talk about all that stuff you know what let's go to break and we come back let's talk about the investigation because that's one of the, the parts that we really want to talk about is the investigation that went on and uh like we said mufon was a a <laughs> involved in that uh we're going to dive into that after the break on hysteria 51 Hola, David. Me amo Brent. Bonjour, uh, Brent. Je m'appelle David. You didn't do Spanish. I thought if we were going to do this together, we'd do the same language. Oh, sorry. <laughs> that's uh, that's on brand for us. I, that, I I just thought romance languages was yeah. the key. Everything I say is romantic, and that is thanks to Rosetta Stone. <laughs> you guys, we, we've been touting these things forever. We love Rosetta Stone. We actually are users. David, you've really been using it even for longer than I. What's your experience been like? Oh, it's been great. The thing is, uh, you really get to learn how to speak and think in that language with it. So it's very high on pronunciation, too. So <laughs> you can, you know, learn how to speak. And, you know, our show is all about proper pronunciation. <laughs> in that pronunciation. Yeah, that's right. But it's it, they design it for long-term retention, you know. It, and yeah. Uh, if you don't get the pronunciation right, you, you say it until you do. And then, you know, that, that just seeps into your head. Well, and that's why, you know, this has been trusted by experts for 30 years and there's over 25 different languages that you can learn and people, millions and millions of users use it because like you said, it does seep in and you're using it with, you know, you get speech recognition and Mm -hmm. it, it hears you. You get to use like the built in true accent features that gives you this pronunciation, which is super convenient and you can do it at your own time. And I don't know if you can know this, but I'm all about value. And you get a one-time purchase, 25 languages. If I learned all 25 languages, I'd be so confused or really cool. <laughs> I'd go in and out. But you'd be real marketable. But literally, though, this is something that we use. And we have both of us have given the seal of approval because we want to do this long term. And uh, it's something that uh, it works. You know, and we don't yeah. we don't do long term um, stuff like this. And this is this is the one that we've chosen, and we love it. So, all you guys got to do don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now, as we've told you a thousand times, and it's always now, right now. 
get now. started. For Larry, limited time, his Air 51 listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. How much? 50%. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your unnatural life. Wow. Redeem, redeem, redeem. How do they do it? Rashate, you're oh. 50% off. <laughs> Rashate. <laughs> redeem it. 50% off. RosettaStone.com slash today. Do it today. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when Brent and I heard that for a limited time, all Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, we thought, man, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. Brent is trying to plan right now and says that it works like a charm from Chicago to Nashville as he makes his big old move. Mint Mobile is working for him. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. And you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. So ditch the overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash hysteria. That's mintmobile, M-I-N-T-M-O-B-I-L-E dot com slash hysteria, H-Y-S-T-E-R-I-A. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash hysteria. $45 upfront payment required. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Chris, before we before we get back into it, I do I have an honest question. I won't be an asshole for just one second. When when you look at at stories, whether it be Barney and Betty Hill back in the day, whether it be this one, it almost feels like there's a pre and a post. Meaning, is there is there a, a line of demarcation where everything before this date is a little bit more suspect, or or perhaps that's the wrong word. Uh, perhaps it's a little bit more unknown. I, I don't, I don't know what the word is, but what, uh, is there a, is there a date where it's, uh, as a, as an investigator, it's easier or harder to, uh, to take a look at what I mean is, you know, we, we, we talked about Barney and Betty Hill as opposed to this before the break. Right. And part of that was, you know, part of, part of the explanation there is, well, that, that was a while ago and, and we don't have a lot of physical evidence from it. We have, we might have some, we might not, but it was a while ago. And, and we also don't have the same <clears throat> reporting technologies. We don't have the same satellites. We don't have the same, you know, anything. I, 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 I don't know what I'm asking other than I'm asking. Uh, is there, is there a line demarcation where it's easier? Like if uh, I'm just going to make it up. If it happened before 1984, it's really hard to investigate. If it happened after 1984, it's much easier to investigate. Got it. Okay. So the older a UFO case gets, the harder it is to investigate because the worse the information about it becomes. 
this case, for example, right? Cashlandrum is a really good example of this. We have all of the original files from QFOS on this case. We have doctor's notes. We have their initial testimony. We have the legal papers from when they actually sued the government. We have, we have a lot of like primary sources, right? On this case. Sure. Most people, if they do a podcast on this or they do a video on YouTube or they do whatever, will never read those files, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. They're just going to take what they saw from other places. Oh, th- this podcaster, the one right now, <laughs> now you know, can, can support that claim. <laughs> now, well, so, well, so here's the thing, right? Like you guys, you guys do your hard work. We do our hard work. Like, but it, it's just a, it's just a fact of the matter that most people who read about this case and learn about it are learning about it secondhand from other places. This week, I will tell you, I've read all of her uh, statements that from the entire legal battles and what she gave to the government and when she was in interviewed. Um, unfortunately, I didn't listen to them, but I've read them all. And I actually, I'm going to play you, uh, I, I actually, in the future, I'm going to read you a lot of quotes and things that they said, because there is a distinction of it. It's not just what every, I think a lot of people saw the Unsolved Mysteries and said, that's it, there's the story. Yeah. You know, and this one has a lot of other uh, little pieces to it that uh, need to be talked about. Exactly. That's why we're doing it at two week. That's what the second fucking week is about, is talking about the nuances. Right, all those other pieces there. And that's the other problem, too, is that you have to remember, like, these are exceptionally – like, Betty and Barney Hill is a really good example of this, too, right? Right after the event, the reports that Betty makes to her uh, her sister, right, and to the people around them and everything else are essentially, you know, we don't know what happened. Something scary happened. We had missing time. We we aren't sure what, what happened here, but we suspect maybe aliens because of my dreams, right? That's how it starts. By the time Betty uh, passes away, uh, the story is uh, that's the called aliens... regression therapy, sir. R- well, and you're a big that's fan one of it. huge. That's <laughs> one huge problem of this, right? Is and th- it actually occurred in this case too, where the other people basically, uh, or the rest of UFO world, I guess I'll say, got their sticky hands on it and got the case all ruined because. Right. Every one of them was trying to put their own bullshit on. And I will say this, Vicky especially was a very, and both of them were, were on, uh, outspoken. We're going to get into this and we need to get into the story, but they were very much of, they did not like that the UFO community glommed onto this because they did not believe it had anything extraterrestrial to do. And they thought that it gave them a bad light. No, yeah, Vicky thought it was, like, the devil or angels or whatever. Right, right. She thought it was, when she first saw it, she thought it was the rapture uh, And happening. Betty thought it was the government. Like, yeah. you know, it's a huge, it's a huge, it's so funny. And that's the interesting thing about this, right? Like, you have, so, so to answer your question, man, I would say, really, it's the, um, the more famous a case is and the older a case is, the worse it becomes. Not because the data itself is necessarily harder to find. Like, obviously, we can't go and do... Like, there's still arguments about where exactly on the road Betty and Barney Hill had their their encounter, right? Mm-hmm. So, the problem... Obviously, there are prob- problems like that. But the bigger problem is that there is all this other crap that gets piled on top uh, yeah, of this I don't case. even like comparing this to Betty and Barney Hill because it is a not even in the same... Well, no, 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 but, but it's it's... Uh, I, I'm not comparing it to Betty and Barney Hill, but I do think it's interesting to talk about 
the two conversely. It's like talking about the assassination of Abraham Lincoln versus the attempted assassination of Reagan. I mean, think about how much more more information we have about logistics. Cheese, 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 cheese muffins. Uh, uh, yeah, it's just it's, it. I, yeah. I, I always think that time is an interesting barrier in these stories. I agree. Let's say this. I think there are less good cases today because of how good the data is today. Right? Like, I think yeah, the I think reason yeah. the reason we don't have another cash and or another whatever is because today, if someone says they saw a UFO and then shows up, you know, a couple of months later, uh, having lost all of her hair, and then a doctor's like, you have alopecia – there are jerks like me on Twitter going, you have alopecia. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like, it, I don't think yeah. it was an alien. I think you have alopecia. Right. Um, well, and, and the, the, the science points to that. Right. <laughs> Let's actually talk about the investigation so we can get into it. The guy who came in and kind of did the investigation right off the bat is a guy named John Schusler, and he was with MUFON, which you are a huge supporter of, right, Chris? Oh, man. Love MUFON. Um, <laughs> just, I disavow. I disavow. Uh, no, all joking aside. So he did come in and he did uh, an, the initial investigation. And uh, like you had said, with the differences, there's 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 talk about they don't even know where the fucking Barney and Betty Hill were for sure. So he actually went with Betty and Vicky to the area where they said they encountered the objects. And he is the one who actually said there was a large circular mark that was left burned on the road, apparently by whatever they had seen. And another of note on the road, another witness, Amy Mosley, said uh, unmarked trucks later appeared, dug up the road where the mark was, and then new asphalt was put down by these unknown individuals. So there are some people that are at least corroborating the story. He says it was there. John also set out and questioned everyone. And I like this. I think this is important. He questioned everyone living within a five-mile radius of the area. And after interviewing people nearby, he found more witnesses. The people Now, not, and this is the big distinction, though, not more witnesses of the craft, more witnesses of the helicopters. I will point out that if you grew up in, in a county, a non, non-urban area, um, I have no doubt that there was a burn mark. Uh, I'm not questioning that. But if you grew up in a non-urban area, you'll know that 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 all gets repaved and that all gets redone on about an annual well, if you basis. Grew up in a real non-urban area, you know that they don't do that because they don't have the money. Because my dad was a road commissioner, but that's beside the point. No, they do. They, they, it's tar. No, and then they rock don't do that every tar. year. That's the point. Like they don't do them every year because they can't afford to in these real. Or, uh, hell, in 1980, some of these roads, now not this one, they were still just not even tarring them, you know, in some areas, especially where this was. My point is that, like, like it, it, the way it's stated is it's it, it was uh, uh, someone decidedly uh, went right. to that area because they and only tore did that on one purpose. spot, is what she's saying. The rest of the world of the road wasn't paved, just the area that was burned. Yeah, I, I understand what she's saying. Yeah. The one of the other people that they talked to, uh, the one that stands out is this Sergeant L.L. Walker, and he was a police officer. And, um, Unsolved Mysteries actually interviewed him. They did have a pretty good quote for him. So I want to put this in there. He said, My wife Marie and I were returning from her mother and dad's. And as we were coming out some of the tree lines, I saw a helicopter. It was shining a spotlight on the ground. Then I heard noise of other helicopters behind it, and I stopped the car because I didn't know what was going on. 
The helicopters were military, and they were all flying fairly low to the ground, and all of them had their search beams on. I thought maybe there was an airplane down, but they didn't hesitate. They kept going in the same direction, which would probably intersect the area where Vicky said her encounter was. Now, that's the guy that kind of they throw into this whole thing because he was a cop, and he said, hey, these were definitely military helicopters. Interestingly enough, they're, they're, they're looking at this thing. There's where Betty and Vicky do some kind of ballsy. They were convinced that the military was involved. Now, if you remember, these were Chinook helicopters. These are big motherfuckers. Those dual rotors. Like I said, I've had them over my old house to shake the whole fucking thing. So Betty and Vicky send a letter to their senators. This is John Tower and Lloyd Benson. They want help to try to figure out what's going on. And. They get a response. They wrote back and they said, well, Bergstrom Air Force Base has been notified of the incident and they've agreed to help with anything regarding it. So that's pretty cool. That's that's cool that they helped. So on August 21st of 1980, so a few months later, Becky, Vicky and Colby, they actually went and were seen by military personnel to talk about the whole incident. And this is what I thought was really funny. They said they figured they were going to get help. So they packed bags in case they were like admitted to hospitals or taken somewhere and they show up with the bags and they're like, what are you doing? (laughs) You know, and, and, but at at least, you know, they were hoping for assistance with their medical expenses, which were piling up because of what they said that they had experienced. And in one of the rooms they were brought in, they said they did have a map and there was a, like a pinpoint and a circle around the area. So they they knew where the sighting was. And they were interviewed for over two hours and they had a, a, you know, a woman military stenographer in military garb. She was taking notes the whole time. And of course the military denied that they were involved in the incident and kind of told them to pound sand in a, you know, they said they, they told them that they needed help. They wanted to get some help and they, they did take the claim. And four weeks later, their claim for medical damages against the military were denied. And so they said, well, what are we supposed to do? And they said, get a lawyer if you want financial compensation. Uh, that's a strong fucking statement. So they said, fuck this noise. So in 82, Becky and Vicky filed a lawsuit against the U.S. government. And it actually went on for a few years before being dismissed finally August 21st of 1986 because they could not prove the helicopters were U.S. government helicopters because the U.S. Air Force testified that uh, they weren't their helicopters and they had no diamond-shaped aircraft, period. Now, we all know that the U.S. government would never lie under oath, so that's beside the point. (laughs) But it is interesting that they went as far as to sue the fucking people. You know, that's a different one to me. Don't you guys feel? It's very interesting that um, that they went ahead and sued them because they really did think, I mean, especially, you know, Betty, I want to say, really thought this was this was the government. You know what I mean? She thought this was the military doing some kind of test flight. It uh, hurt them and she wanted compensation for that in some way. And since the government is really good at let a letting the public know when it harms them. And B, um, giving them compensation after. Have you been hurt by the government? Call two 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 twenty two twenty two. You know. <laughs> yeah, you know that was that was a hundred percent totally going to happen. Yeah. Do you have radiation burns, mesothelioma, or scars from an abduction? <laughs> well, honestly, though, if you think about it, right at this time, this was a this was a time period where, um, you know, 
we think about government secrecy today. This is when they were burning shit out at fucking Area 51 willy-nilly and poisoning people. And that all the way up until yeah, the 90s, they were definitely dumping and, and, and shrugging their heads and going, their shoulders and going, we don't know anything's going on. All right. So let me let me ask a different question. Why don't we frame this a different way? I uh, Make me the judge. You guys are the prosecutors. What about this? Especially when you consider the experiencers think... Eh, it was the government. Uh, what about this says it was aliens? There's nothing. And it was a piss poor uh, lawsuit because all they had to leg to stand on is that they saw military type helicopters. And the military said, that's not our that's not our helicopters. You don't like to play games. I was just asking if you guys could make the argument that it was. And and what you're saying, Brandon, is you, you don't think so. I was I thought you're being serious as far as like what you know what were they saying? You can make any claim you want. That's what Mufon did. You know, well they 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 took the the ground of it could be anything. Um, that's not going to fly in a court of law. So at least the lawyers that well, of course I I know none none of it's going to fly in a court of law. I'm, I'm I'm what I'm asking is like like we're sitting here on a on a UFO podcast or a podcast that talks UFOs a lot, talking about this uh, ups- and to one extent or another as potentially being extraterrestrial related. What what brought it to our doorstep? The fact that MUFON investigated it, and they said that we don't know what we're looking at here, and there is evidence that we need to look into, and this woman is suffering, and uh, the others to a much lighter extent, from issues that, well, I'll get into this in a minute, they had medical examiners that actually looked into uh, what was going on, and they said, well, there's actual things happening. Now, that's an, another point in which I'm going to talk about in a minute. The medical examiners at the hospital and outside had very different outlooks on what was happening from MUFON and QFOS and the other people that had looked into these things as far as what they said that was actually happening. But they did lock into um, the thought that this could be extraterrestrial it was definitely an unidentified flying object if it's a triangle blowing out fire and radiation who knows it's a weird one because i don't it just doesn't ping the 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 alien thing to me either off of it um you know chris it just off the the bat looking at it where do you fall my argument i guess would be and this i think is the argument that they probably the argument they should have made to the judge potentially i mean i'm not a lawyer you know especially not an alien lawyer but (laughs) to me it seems like okay (laughs) <laughs> that's a good distinction sorry <laughs> right now it's important it's important to say it i am a normal human being valiant thor is cursing right. you right now that <laughs> motherfucker <laughs> he wishes he was as handsome as i am um you have these you have these two women who are out there they are um they experience something they have physical damages of some sort one way or the other and so either it was the military or the military is not protecting its citizens. That's a good way to look it's at it. It's one or the That's, other. I didn't think about that. Right? It's one or the other. Because if it isn't the military, then there are foreign actors committing um, war crimes. Hey, Bergstrom, how did you have 23 fucking Chinook helicopters right by you that you don't know anything about that 10 other people, including a cop, saw? Exactly. So it's either the military or it is a foreign adversary, or it is some other internal adversarial actor that the government has no control over. And in either way, the government has been um, negligent 
Yeah, or at the the very least complacent, and that is what uh, is fueling the whole Tic Tac videos and all this stuff is these are in our airspace. We need to know what's going on. I was going to say, interestingly, that is the exact tact that TTSA right, takes, right? right. right? And exactly. that's another reason that this another reason that this case has become so kind of in the modern day, at least so uh, prevalent once again, is because it is this it is a case of a object in the sky. Our government says we don't know what it is. We have no idea what the hell this thing is. It still hurt people, right? It physically, it physically harmed these women in, in one way. I really like that aspect you took too of the whole idea of if, if you aren't protecting us, there were these helicopters. Like, how do you not know of these things? How do you not know what's flying in our airspace? And so you end up with a very uncomfortable situation for the government where they either have to admit we don't know what's in the airspace or they have to say, fine. Mm -hmm. You, you know, you did it. Like, we'll pay you, right? Okay. And at the end of the day, the government basically said, you know, this wasn't us. We don't know what it is. And they just kind of pushed it off. Well, yeah. Well, look at, like, we go to, like, 96 when they were knew they were burning things. And it came to the point where it was in court. And they go, we want to know what we're doing. And Clinton just signs it to where, you know what? It's above your pay grade. You're not going to know. We're not going to tell you. The other thing I would say, too, is that the, a lot of these guys in the early days of, say, like, MUFON and whatever, you know, these other groups – they were not as anti-government, anti-military as we are today. You know what I mean? Like in the UFO community, let's say. And I'm not even necessarily anti-government, anti-military, um, in you know, any more than anyone less else who's distrusting than we are, though, living in one through way or this another. word, this world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. They're less distrusting than than we are. I guess I would say, like Nietzsche, right? right? right like right. this is this is uh this is at a time before like you know, the crack epidemic and um, the war on drugs and the wars in the mm -hmm. Middle East and 9-11 and like all these other things that have made people, you know, and like, Iran they talk about and everything else you can think of that was like right around yeah, the corner with this. Exactly. So, you know, we like to think that like the JFK assassination was really this big turning point in the way that the public viewed their government. I would argue that the time period we are all living in is another kind of protracted mm -hmm period of that and so i would say that in many it's ways it's called the end of innocence come on <laughs> there were books written <laughs> so at the end of the day um i think that a lot of these people wanted to take what the government said kind of it's not necessarily at face value but at least wanted to, to at least say to them they say they don't know i think that's a good faith well and that's something that john's talked about uh, i know before and i have two on here we talk about you you uh, are a generation removed at this time from people coming home from the war wars and saying well the government has our back they know what's best for us and that is one of those times when when the government would come and say give me what you have or do this or that you kind of just blindly did so the 50s was a great decade for willful ignorance in one way or another because we were riding high on the hog after a really shitty time in the world and i think that as further and further we get from that like you're saying we get further and further removed from the well the government is here to help kind of thing and way of thinking mm. well it's a hard one to, to 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 wrap your head around because we do live in a different world than this and this was 1980 we absolutely you know? do yeah Speaking of these injuries, though, because it's like you said, they should have probably framed what they did. Let's talk about those for a second, because I think that's important. So we talked last week. They had sickness, burns, exhaustion, et cetera. So 
MUFON did have a radiologist who commented on the case after having access to and studying all the medical records and charts. And he was one that we mentioned last week. He said that they had damage from, quote, ionizing radiation and possibly an infrared component as well. Now, <laughs> I'm not a medical doctor. None of us are. I am. Wait a second. Well, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. You're... <laughs> Last time you were giving me an IV, you said you were. <laughs> well, uh, I'm trained. Well, I'm sorry. I dabble in it. <laughs> I was going to say, are you are you telling me that the pre-show enema Seabot gave me That's wasn't just medically licensed? That's just for fun. You know. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. I, well, <laughs> admittedly, he did say that was for I fun. don't mind. I'm just, I wasn't sure. I just wanted to make sure I shouldn't put it on my medical record. So I will tell you what was said, though, about this, and you can determine. So Brad Sparks is another who investigated this case. Now, he's not a medical doctor, but he is a researcher, and he'd studied physics and the way radiation uh affects people and living materials and stuff. And he said ionizing radiation could not be to blame because the symptoms were too fast to come about to where they came out all of a sudden and then they persisted for a long time. If it had come from the craft and they had all of a sudden had those symptoms, they would have died within days. It's like this huge, you would have to have a huge, 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 huge uh, amount hit you. And he was the one who mentioned that uh, maybe it was an aerosol or some chemical contamination that caused the issues. If it was some sort of craft, he couldn't really speak on that. But the radiation thing didn't make sense to him. The one thing I'll say, like as a as a just a impartial observer, you, you do read enough in these stories and just like basic basic war stories having nothing to do with UFOs about the effects of radiation and. And the point is valid. Like, you know, uh, yes, you can, can you get cancer from radiation? Of course. But like radiation that causes horrible disfigurements and, and things on your skin, it, it doesn't take 30 well, years right. to do its job. It takes, we all saw that days. documentary. It actually came out in the eighties to the toxic Avenger. <laughs> yes. Yes. One little dose of what 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 were they dumping? Um, toxic waste. You know, it's boom. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, jokes aside, think about the thing. I mean, we recently, many of us, I'm sure, saw the the HBO series on. Oh um, yeah, sure. Look at those people. Mm-hmm. Like like the the everyone who was involved in it was dead they within rotted. a few years. It was just it was terrible. And those were the people that weren't directly. No, exposed. and the people that directly exposed were dead in no time. Like they would tell you, like, okay, right. here he is. That's that's the point mm-hmm. I was trying to make. Yeah, those are people that were looking at the evidence. They did have attending physicians at the hospital, and they saw very differently, so to speak. And this was also included in the MUFON report. They said there was nothing actually wrong with Betty when she came in. The baldness is what Chris had said. She was suffering from alopecia, and they actually confirmed this with a skin biopsy and said, sorry, your hair's falling out because you have alopecia. Now, alopecia can come on from a stressful event, things like that. It could be something like that or that. But it doesn't mean you had radiation. okay? And all the other shit was gone within days. So it was, as they called it, like a non-starter to them because it didn't it didn't have the signs of radiation. Also, they they wanted to see if anything could be true. So they they did investigate. They used a Geiger counter on the pussy patroller, the car, (laughs) and it had zero (laughs) radiation. There was no radiation in the area where they saw the craft. 
And the question becomes, does ionizing radiation just not leave residual radiation? What do you make of that, Chris? So first off, the way that radiation damage happens, and it doesn't have to be like, by radiation here, we don't mean, like a sunburn is radiation damage. Right, right. So it doesn't have to be, um, it doesn't have to be radioactive in the sense of like the Hulk or the Toxic Adventure, right? It could just be electromagnetic pulses or electromagnetic wave that is, um, that is strong enough to affect your, the chemical bonds essentially in your skin or in your, in your body in some way, right? Mm-hmm. So the way that it works, so the way that it works to damage you is this radiation comes in, it's ionizing because it causes uh, chemicals in your skin or in your body to become ionized, right? And so when a chemical is ionized, what it means is normally chemicals exist in their ground state, which is they are electromagnetically neutral, mm-hmm. right? And then you can turn them either positive or negative, making them ions by the application of energy. And so when stuff becomes positive or negative, it becomes reactive, and so either bonds will break to form new bonds or whatever. You don't want that shit in your body. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Obviously, if the chemical bonds in your body are starting to to turn on and become reactive, or rather, turning starting to break apart and then become reactive, you got problems, right? Um, and so, like in the case of say a, sc- a sunburn, what happens basically is the skin cells become um, damaged and um, start to cause pain, right? And they start to slough off, right? They just they mm-hmm. die essentially. Mm-hmm. Now. That kind of radiation, though, like when you get a sunburn, for example, that doesn't make everything around you radioactive. Exactly. Right. So right, the right. argument that like, oh, the car isn't even radioactive or whatever, that's a dumb – that's dumb. They were – I think they were saying it just for the simple fact that she was saying uh, I was such a huge dose, my hair was falling out, and I had burns all over my body, which they couldn't prove. They were saying if you had had that much, you would have been dead. And things would be radioactive if it wasn't like if it was something that was uh, the type of radiation like people were claiming. They they have people that said that that's bullshit with an ionizing radiation. It just doesn't work that way. Exactly. Yeah. Like it doesn't. Yeah. It, it straight up doesn't like it. It just straight up doesn't really matter. Um, you can have a strong enough pulse of energy, very high frequency that could cause things like your a burn essentially to your skin. Like that's the other thing too. Um, you know what other kind of burn can cause your hair to fall out? And then, like, because the the skin itself gets damaged, again, like a really high-intensity heat, right? Just like a normal burn can cause that. Which is exactly what she said she was experiencing. Exactly. So it does, like, so it doesn't, the argument that it's, this is, again, one of those, like, lazy things. Like, a guy into UFOs one time heard that aliens give off radiation and that is now what aliens do from now on forever. This is in the, the MUFON's official report was that their radiologists said these things. So that is a, a little bit different of just like, uh, throwing shit at it. Right. But again, this is, this is a UFO group going to this radiologist and saying, they're not going to him and saying, what do you think could cause these? Right. That's the problem with all, almost all of UFO investigations. They're going in and saying, they already think it's radiation burns. Right? Because these guys at MUFON are like, it's radiation because it's a UFO. So right. they go to the radiology expert and they say, hey, could radiation cause this? That guy says no. That's the wrong question. Right? The question shouldn't be, does my presupposed hypothesis fit here? It should be, what do you think, expert, who isn't just a retired, mm-hmm. um, whatever the, 
hell I am that I'm working for MUFON. Which is right? what which is what Brad Sparks came in and he said, mm, not so much. So at Absolutely. least we, we have a couple different ways. So, interestingly, though, going along with that is this is all done by the the investigator. And I think that's the, the, the important part here is John Schusler was the guy who investigated this and he had a lot of things he should have done and didn't. But first, I'll tell you what he, his outcome was, and then we'll talk about this. He said, this is a quote from him in his actual um, report. One is that it was an experimental craft of some kind, probably from our government. The other is unidentified flying object, possibly extraterrestrial. You don't fucking say. <laughs> like, like, that's his official stance on it. And now, Vicky, though, this is interesting. She said... Her quote in in response to this is, I don't believe in little green men, and it had to be an object. It could have been a spacecraft that the government was carrying, but our government was carrying it. I mean, she was saying it was really there. I don't believe it was aliens. I don't know what the fuck it was. The issue is, number one, his quote is, with everything you just look at this, well, it's probably the government or an alien. Well, no shit. Thanks for that. You know, if you believe it happened. I have a lot of issues with his investigation, and I want to start with this. Where are the fucking pictures? He showed when, if you watch the uh, the old episode of Unsolved Mysteries, he's got his camera out and he's taking fucking photos of everything. There's no photos of the road. There's no photos of the dash where she said she put her handprint into it. The missing hair and burns immediately. There are no fucking photos of any of that. Isn't that fucking investigation 101? You mean you were in MUFON? Isn't that the first thing they should be doing? <laughs> so, for, as listeners know already, a MUFON investigator, it, it doesn't. No, took I, a, I, took I understand. I'm just saying common sense tells you take fucking common, photos. Yeah, common sense. Oh, wise, no one you thinks think. that these guys are on the fucking up and up the, the best. In, otherwise, they'd be cops out there. I think the point is my dumbass who doesn't know anything about any of this would be like, oh, okay. Uh, so some hair and there's a handprint, a road, or I'm going to snap at least a picture or two. Fuck. That's the problem with all this, right? Is like. This is the one UFO case with physical evidence that we didn't bother to collect. Exactly. Thank Jill. you. What the fuck is that? Not like, and as you know, like if you are an investigator, they don't even give you plastic bags and gloves and vials and anything to go into to investigate with. At least he had the wherewithal to go and to interview people and do these things. But God, is it just seem like the first fucking thing you do is go, oh, there's burns all over your body here. Well, let me go ahead and photograph those. Oh, your hair is missing. Mm. Oh, you the, it was so hot. You put your hand in the dash and it left a handprint. Well, let's get a photo and of the road. And there's people that say, oh, I've been there and I've seen the road and shit like that but like there's no photos from back then now we're so yeah. removed they've repaved that thing so many times you can't say one way or another no it, it just again it completely destroys the it's another it's another one of those cases where the 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 ufo case is destroyed its credibility is ruined by ufo investigators john you said it really good there too i think that's important like you're like i'm not an investigator isn't that the first thing you'd want to do or, or think about doing? Well, th that's the whole point. Like, it's one thing if you're an experiencer. Like, yeah, you might not think in the moment to grab this or to take a picture of that. Eh, I get that. that that's, that's not fair. your job. You're just there to, to ride it out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you're having so that moment. Yeah. But the moment that you are not that, 
the moment that you are a MUFON investigator, that well, I shouldn't, I shouldn't narrow it to MUFON. You're an investigator of any type. The one thing that you do, the one job you have is to report back the facts. Like, it's like dragnet. What are the facts, ma'am? Like, <laughs> just the facts. As simple as yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder actually, even if back in the day, you know, MUFON only, MUFON has, you know, kind of updates their, their r- rules every once in a while. And MUFON today is not the same organization it was back then when Schusler, uh, was, was kind of running the group. Although I don't even know if he was even, he was in visit. He was on, on visits, wasn't he back then? He wasnn't even necessarily with MUFON at that point yet. <laughs> he, um, uh, MUFON is the one though that they have his name on as the lead investigator. So, okay. Yeah. So at least that's I mean, in the anyways, paperwork I have. Yeah. Anyways, what, whatever, whatever the case was or however it was, whatever. And they might have just taken his work from elsewhere and put it into theirs, you know. Yeah. yeah. But I got to hedge you off at the pass here, Chris. Come on. Like literally I am the biggest dumbass in the world. It's and true. if somebody's like, Hey, some weird shit happened. Can you come stop by? If I literally take the time to stop by and I have a camera with me, I'm going to snap. Oh, no, a million percent. Like, I'm not I'm not defending. Check it out. I'm not defending this as an as necessarily an argument. Right. I'm just wondering. I don't even know. There's there's no excuse for it. There's just no excuse for it. It's a there just isn't. There just isn't. It's a tremendous wasted opportunity. If you're investigating something, you're investigating. My it. favorite part of it is too, John, is that when I was watching Unsolved Mysteries and they're recreating it, the dude's got his camera and he's just fucking taking photos of everything. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, oh, you motherfuckers! <laughs> I don't well, do you think so Robert mad. Stack and or his package would would put up with? <laughs> something less than that <laughs> yeah you got you got stacked <laughs> like i don't think so <laughs> fuck let's go to break because i'm getting angry when we come back uh you know we're going to talk about some of the places you can look into this and did they change their story what are some interesting facts all that after the break on hysteria 51 <laughs> oh, cameras man and now we got them in our pockets <laughs> Nation, we want pictures of your dogs. That's just a personal request from me, but while you look for a good one, let me tell you about something near and dear to mine, Brent's hearts. Your dog's health. You may have noticed lots of dogs suffering from health issues these days. Joints, odors, it's not good. Actress Katherine Heigl noticed these issues too, and after a ton of research, there was one place she found we can look to support any dog's health. Their food. So she created Superfood Complete, food for your four-legged friend that's made with over 30 of the healthiest ingredients on the planet, including several superfoods vital to your dog's health. Her company, Badlands Ranch, also supports the Jason Debus Heigl Foundation, which has helped rescue thousands of dogs and place them in loving homes. I know Brent has used Superfood Complete with his lovable meatballs, and they absolutely love it. He said it's easy to prepare, both his guys grow crazy for it, and he loves knowing what he's giving them is healthy and full of ingredients that are actually beneficial to his little rapscallions. You can try it for yourself by going to BadlandsRanch.com slash hysteria and order right now to get up to 50% off your regular priced order with a 90-day money-back guarantee. If you want your dog to experience all these incredible things, go to BadlandsRanch.com slash hysteria today. 
Doesn't mean we're going to use them, but we got them in our pocket. Should we talk about Robert's sex package a little bit more? Yes, we can. That's actually next week's episode. Someone was That's talking about Someone mystery. actually said on Facebook we um we missed it saying that Robert stacked. I'm like, I don't want to assume the size of another man's package. That's his own business. Um, but I do assume he was naked underneath. But if we are assuming it was large. <laughs> Maybe I'm you can help solve right a mystery. <laughs> you don't have that voice with the tiny package. I, I just don't think so. Chris, this kind of goes in with what you were saying and John, your question earlier too. Uh, if you, you're interested in learning some of the older stuff on this case, this was a case that kind of caught the attention and it first aired on Unsolved Mysteries February 6th of 91. That was season three, episode 18. It's readily available. You can watch it on Amazon Prime, on YouTube. There's several places. Not to be outdone, it was also the second time around on season four, episode nine with Dennis Farina. They redid the whole fucking thing, uh, looking into it because it's still unsolved. They profiled it on the show Sightings. Uh, in 2009, Colby appeared on UFO Hunters to talk about it. Then this year alone, Colby hasn't done a lot of appearances on it, but then this year alone, he's done like three. Like it's kind of one of those things that it goes through the cycle and it's becoming popular again. And, here is a little tidbit I found interesting. This happened, the whole thing, the original one day after the Rendlesham Forest incident in England. The very next day, this happened. Uh, December 28th and 29th of 1980. This, Yeah, so December 28th and 29th of 1980 were, were happening days in the world on both sides of the pond as far as uh, as UFOs went. Like we did say, this is still unsolved. Betty passed away December 29th of 1998. Another interesting thing, 18 years to the day after the incident occurred. She she died on the anniversary. We told you this last week, though. She was hospitalized at least once every year after that because of cancers and sicknesses that she attributed to, to what had happened. A quote from her. Uh, in the reports is if it's a top secret subject that's protecting the United States, then I could say I could forgive them for that. But at least they owe us to tell us exactly why we were burned and what type of radiation that we were exposed to and how much. That doesn't sound to me like it's too much to ask, but we know, like I said before, with the people that were exposed at, at Groom Lake to just burning of the things that they used the, the, to make the paints and, and shit for craft so that it, it's invisible to radar they're not going to help you they're not going to help you um so what seems like a a a decent request kind of falls by the wayside she did though she was very upset she called the move on people quacks hunting for something that was not real and she said that they saw was real and hurt them and they just fucked them over in the whole thing by making it all about aliens you know she's a uh... She's a hero of mine, frankly. Like, that's pretty, you know, what I mean, like, really, this woman was, she was certain about what she thought it was. Now, the other interesting thing, though, about all of that is Colby has never gotten sick. Yeah. Other than the night after, he was the first one to be throwing up, but yes. he never had cancers or anything. Now, people say that's because he immediately got back in the car. Yeah, I mean, it's well, so that's the thing. It's There's certain types of radiation like, um, you know, beta particles, a piece of paper can protect you from a beta particle. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right, or, or an alpha particle, I think it is. God um, damn you and your fucking science. So, you know, so so it's possible, but the thing is that, again, one would still expect, though, that if this 
ionize, if it was strong enough radiation that it, it caused the other members of the, of the car or in the car to have lifelong health effects long after mm-hmm. the fact of the event, um, one would still expect that the child who was there would also have abnormalities, even if just like growth abnormalities or, um, bone issues or whatever. Like, you know, if you look, if you look at the effect of radiation on the children at, um, Nagasaki and Hiroshima, you know, it, it, it's not, it's not like, um, the challenges that those children face, the issues that they come across, it's not just like immediate intense radiation sickness. It is prolonged ill health effects, uh, bad immune system, et cetera, et cetera. So the fact that he has had no, you know, he's almost like the, a testament to the fact that this probably wasn't some kind of radiation in the sense of like, radiation sickness etc it seems again much more like it was an intense heat and he's like 50 even... 49 50 years old now so it's not like he's a spring chicken you know exactly it, it should have already taken place or it would have had it would have happened already right he would have had effects growing up he would have had you know because this if this happened to him when he was still like pre you know prepubescent right yeah, so he was seven years old yeah again this is like right at the time that he's growing he's hit with this dose of radiation and, and then he's fine you get radiation that's kind of interesting so yeah it's it's a weird um again there's a lot of different avenues to look at this i guess again like i said betty passed away december 29 1998 uh vicky passed away in 2007 uh so she lived a little bit longer than that the big question then becomes and i think the thing that we need to, to really look before we end on this is could it just be coincidence bad timing um let's say betty was sick they really saw this and the two aren't related. They could have had burns because it was hot, like you said. That can cause things. Uh, the stress could have caused the alopecia, things like that. But that doesn't mean that you were actually infected with radiation. Infected is the wrong way, but exposed to something that caused these cancers. That's the big question is, could it just be coincidence? And then there's another thing as people, as, as this has gone on, did they exaggerate their issues to sue the government? That's something people ask. We all know the, the government can lie under oath. But, you know, the big issue to me it comes down to is who flies Chinooks? Betty, Vicky, Colby, the cop, all those other people, they witnessed something in the air. I think it's safe to say, at the very least, there were helicopters there that night. I think that's not going out on too far a limb. How did Vicky, Betty... Colby remained the only ones who saw this giant diamond shaped craft that is shooting out lights and emitting heat that's burning the roadway. And all these other people, they saw the, 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 the helicopters. They didn't see this UFO. And the story kind of takes a little bit of a turn because then Vicky did claim that she met later a helicopter pilot who was just talking. He's like, Oh yeah, I was there that night, blah, blah, blah. Then she asks what was going on. He says, oh, we were chasing UFO. She told him who she was, and she said that he refused to say anything else. and just clammed up. Well, that's a fucking coincidence and a half. And the claims that the women made over time did change, including injuries. So that doesn't bode well for them. Uh, at the originally, Vicky said that she had eye problems when it happened. That was it. Later, she said, oh. And my hair fell out also and things like that, which goes into the repressed memories and things. Once again, no fucking pics of any of it. I think there are there are pictures, though. 
Right? There are pictures. There are pictures, there. but not pictures of the the car damage. Right. Not right. Not of not of the not of the important stuff. Exactly. There are pictures. There there the, are there just, are very few. But you're right. It's not pictures of the from the investigation of the things that matter. No, it's like their hands and their right. heads and whatever. So the uh, not that their hands and heads don't matter. I'm sure they matter very much to them. But but they come the, from like the hospital when they took a picture and said, "See, exactly. Alicia. Yeah. So what I would say is that we covered on our show, we covered on our show. Uh, more Gellin's disease, right? Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of people who have these sort of consistent, um, anxious or anxiety provoked, uh, illnesses or effects that, that can occur. And they, they can have all kinds of different things, right? From hysterical blindness all the way to, um, all the way to frankly alopecia from picking at your skin or picking at your and hair it's a or it, yeah it expects a lot of like skin conditions and shit like that it, is a it big causes a tremendous amount of them so mm-hmm. you know there was actually it's funny I watched Doctor Pimp, Doctor Pimple Popper because I am a um, disgusting human being and there was an episode where a woman went on and was like I keep having these huge um, lumps on my skin I don't know what's going on and Doctor Pimple Popper was like. Do you pick at your skin? And the lady's daughter's like in the corner, like, mm-hmm. She does. And the lady's like, I do not. Yeah. And it's like, you do. You do. You're picking at your skin. You don't want to say you have OCD, but you do. Right. And that's what's happening. The here. weird so thing with have- Morgellons disease and everything I've looked at is a lot of people, it's like withdrawal symptoms. They get rashes. They feel like shit's crawling, but it does have fatigue and, and depression and shit. All the stuff that uh, at least Betty was saying that she was dealing with. It's just, it's just, it's just anxiety. You know what I mean? It's anxiety directed at your skin. Like it's when you're anxious, you're always on edge. It uh, is- we are, we are way on a, on a tangent here. Like, yeah, like, what I'm, what I'm saying, what, what I'm is saying important. is that the, yeah. the, the point, the point, like, like, let's, let's, let's bring it back to ground zero. Like, like the, the, the reality is we don't know what happened, but we are certain that there are things to be explained. Yeah. And, and I, 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 listen, I, I know that we can't, uh, we can't corral the way it impacted their bodies. You know, one person had cancer for every year or a recurrence of cancer for every year for 18 years. Another person hasn't had anything. Uh, we, we, we know that they all have had really bad, bad experiences. But at the end of the day, something happened that night, <laughs> whether it be, just one person in that in that vehicle having an experience and and everyone else not being aware of it or or everybody having an experience something happened that night and and uh i think the one thing that we probably all agree on i whether whether we think it was it was helicopters from the government or whether we think it was something something less uh, or, or or more more innocuous uh it doesn't seem like many of us think that it was UFOs. No, no, I don't. I don't think it. Ma- you know, I think at the end of the day, the only part of this that isn't, if you took each piece on its own, right? Does does any of the individual pieces themselves suggest to you that they were UFOs there that night, or aliens there that night, or whatever, and or, or that day, I should say, and not a not a single one of those pieces suggests that to us necessarily, right? Um, all of the kind of potential explanations for what happened later or how it happened or why they were blaming stuff on this one event or whatever 
that's all conjecture and it's it's right. un, it's unprovable right it's it's just nothing well that's why the the whole i i didn't think around it as much of a tangent i think that's important when you look at mental sicknesses and and that or skin lesions and things like that as a possible explanation when you exhaust all others i think that's yeah, important the, the problem the problem i think is that again there are so many you know it it, it often comes down to and this is something that we talk about a lot and, I, and frankly i spent a lot of time thinking about when we are building things like, you know, systems to try to detect interesting phenomena or whatever, is this idea of you don't, you, you, you don't know what the phenomena is, but you can rule out known things. Right. Yeah. That, that should be step one. Exactly. So at the end of the day, the only part of this that we can explain is the presence of the helicopters that everyone else saw. That on its own is still interesting. The important, the important point, I think, ultimately actually is, and John, this is this goes to your question before about why is this case considered so important? It is the helicopters. No one disputes the fact that the helicopters were there, right? Like obviously, like the you know whatever you'll have like mega arch skeptics come out and be like there were no helicopters there, whatever. We have multiple witnesses, not just the people in the car saying that there were helicopters there. That in of itself is interesting and an important piece of data. That regardless of all the other UFO stuff that got added later on to it, um. That still has to be explained, and that is what makes this case, in my view, still interesting and still valuable. Which is probably just on a letterhead somewhere that they know, and it was a. <laughs> We're not going to find out because I mean, sh- you know, shit. They could have these. Could have these could be. These are three people. They're driving. A military exercise happens. I mean, this is one of the. This is one of the explanations that um, that QFOs and these other groups eventually came to was like there was a training exercise going on. Something happened that injured these civilians. It was covered up. The end. Right. That's a very plausible explanation to me. You know what I mean? Like that doesn't seem that crazy to me. Um, all right. So I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go not sleep tonight. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for that. You're going to sleep while you have skin lesions and radiation poisoning. Is that what's going on? What I really hate about conversations like this is when they're plausible. Yeah. So, uh, on that note, Nation, what do you think? (laughs) I guess we're done. (laughs) Go to Facebook.com. Look for our discussion group. It's Hysteria Nation. Go to Facebook.com and search Hysteria Nation. Yeah, or just go to Facebook.com slash Hysteria51pod. That is our regular Facebook page. Patreon, Patreon.com. Slash Hysteria 51. We are starting a new uh, little show we're going to do every couple of weeks. Uh, Mad Blurry Hysteria with Dr. Cogswell himself and I and uh, David Flora from the Blurry Photos podcast just talking about some crazy shit in the news. I'm actually, we're going to record our first one tomorrow. I'm excited. I am so excited. It's going to be amazing. I cannot wait to talk about all kinds of crazy crap with you guys. It's going to be pretty sweet. This week... Morgellons is no. No, <laughs> yeah. sickness. Yeah. You know, Morgellons is the only episode we ever did that we got like legit death threats for. Ugh, man. Yeah, I can't yeah. Even imagine. Well, if you want to leave us a death threat, you can. <laughs> Voicemail 773 669 7277. Again, that's 773 669 Wouldn't be the first time. If you get any of this for our show, you can go to stereo51.com, gofopedia.com. Also, go on our Twitter at stereo51pod. Give us a follow, tweet to us, we'd love it. And while you're tweeting, while you're going out there, go find the mad scientist, Chris Cogswell himself. Chris, where can they find you? What you got going on? Give them the 411. 
Yeah, you can find us at themadscientistpodcast.com. You can find us on Twitter at MadScientistPod. Um, look for us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all the podcast apps. We're on all of them. Uh, the Mad Scientist Podcast. Like I said, we have a, our next episode coming out here is going to be on the, the culmination of the life of John Carter, the guy who discovered King Tut's tomb. And then, um, uh, on Mars, episode, uh, interestingly on, enough. On Mars! And then we're doing Doppelgangers, the scariest thing in the universe to me. I'm excited for that one. That one sounds a lot of fun. And, um, yeah. It's not going to be fun. It's going to be absolutely horrifying. Well, those are the best ones. <laughs> I hate Doppelgangers so much, dude. So Seriously. that's been our thoughts on part two of the Catch Lander. We kind of got a little heady and depressing there, but that happens <laughs> when you're talking about old ladies getting radiation sickness or not. With that said, I've been Brent. I've been Chris. I've been John. He's been Conspiracy Bot. Stay woke, meat sacks. It was terrible. It was just terrible. I'll never get over it as long as I live. That's it for another edition of Hysteria 51. John and Brent will be back next week with yet more of the unexplained, the unexplored, and the unheard of. Oh, if it's unheard of, how will they know about it? Anyway, if you want to suggest a topic, give us your thoughts, or just make fun of Conspiracy Bot, that's my favourite, join us in our Facebook discussion group, Hysteria Nation. Just log on to Facebook and search Hysteria Nation, or you can always tweet us at Hysteria51Pod. You've been listening to a fourth-hand joint.